Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vaitalengam and today I'm talking to Professor Carol Propper about her research on mergers in uh, among NHS hospitals over the last 15 years. Carol, why, why don't you start off by giving us a, a feel for what's happened over the, uh, the past 15 years in terms of hospital mergers. Okay, so when the Labour government came to power in 1997, they implemented a very large programme of hospital consolidation and mergers. So that between about 1997 and 2003, over 200 of the acute hospitals in England were involved in some kind of merger. So this is actually a dissolution of an NHS trust. And the scale was such that essentially the average number of hospitals in a local market fell from about seven to five. So that's a major reduction in number of competing hospitals. And the reason they did this is basically some some idea around economies of scale? Not so much. Yes, there's a kind of belief that, well, first of all, they wanted to do it to deal with hospitals that had deficits, which they saw as evidence of lack of demand. So hospitals weren't getting enough patients and they were therefore running deficits. There's also a belief that there are economies of scale and perhaps scope, particularly in English hospitals, around clinical quality. So that we know that for some procedures like the treatment of stroke or heart patients or indeed uh, intensive care for small babies, you get much better results by consolidating and and essentially moving towards a, a more regional service. However, I think in parentheses we should say that we actually know much less about general economies of scale and scope in hospitals. The evidence is very poor, both internationally and in the UK. And we don't know whether for the the range of most services, whether economies of scale and scope exist. However, I think the planners and the department believe that there are those economies of scale and scope, even though the literature hasn't shown them rigorously. So you've done some research just about to be published in the Journal for Health Economics on the impact of these uh, these mergers can you start off by explaining how, how you did the research before moving on to what the findings are? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were interested to know whether the mergers did indeed bring about the benefits that the proponents of mergers suggest, i.e. the rise in clinical quality, the rise in services for patients. So that's what we were interested in looking at. So in order to look at that, we essentially compared merger hospitals with themselves pre-merger So we looked at the change before and after merger in a large range of outcomes. These outcomes included waiting times, productivity, um, clinical performance, a number of clinical measures of performance, um, and indeed financial deficits. Now, it's not enough just to look at merger hospitals before and after, because obviously the hospitals which merge are likely to be different from an average group of other hospitals. So what we did was we essentially employed uh, an approach known as matching, where we went to find a treatment group, a group of hospitals who didn't merge, that we could compare merged hospitals with. So we found a, a group that essentially looked like merged hospitals, but didn't merge. In order to do that, we exploited the fact that in England, Mergers are not just a technical decision, 
but they're a decision that depends ultimately on local politicians and national politicians. And we know that what happens is national politicians do not like to close hospitals in marginal constituencies. So we exploited that fact to essentially say that some of the control group, the group who didn't merge, would have merged had they not been in marginal constituencies. So that's the kind of technical details over. Given those technical details, essentially what we looked at is then is the performance of merged hospitals in comparison to control hospitals before and after. And that allowed us to see the impact of mergers. So mergers are often promised with all sorts of benefits. When we see mergers across a whole range of industries that were promised fantastic positive outcomes, economies of scale and scope of the kind, improved productivity, improved financial performance, very rarely delivers. And, and your research evidence seems to suggest the same for hospitals? Exactly. The, the bottom line from our evidence is exactly the same as in other markets. Mergers promise a lot beforehand, but deliver very little. So... We looked at, first of all, the growth in admissions. Now, what we saw was that there was a drop in admissions. So if you take out a hospital out of a local economy, admissions fall by about 10%. However, when you look at the number of staff, we also found that the number of staff fall by 10%. So although you've taken out capacity, which might be the desire of the Department of Health, if you look at the ratio of admissions to staff, which is a measure of productivity, no increase in productivity. So essentially, they're just doing the same, no better, at uh, a, lower, a slightly lower scale. So then we looked at, well, does this have an impact actually on the quality of care for patients? So first of all, we looked at waiting times. We found that waiting times actually went up. So taking out this capacity means patients wait longer. We also found that deficits went up. So there's no, most of these hospitals had deficits to start with. There's no reduction in deficits. In fact, the rate of growth of deficits increases. So the poor financial performance of the hospitals continues. We then looked at a whole range of measures of clinical quality as published by the regulator who regulates clinical quality. And we found no evidence that clinical quality had improved. So the bottom line is you've taken out capacity you're still running deficits, and that it means patients also have to wait longer and taxpayers pay more. So what, what do you think is going on here? I mean, is it something about uh, sort of more concentration in, in the sector, if you like, and we're seeing fewer of the benefits of competition that we economists uh, tend to find a whole, across a whole range of industries, that competition really does drive improvements in productivity and profitability? I think that's how we'd read the evidence in the sense that we know from other studies that we at CMPO and others have done that competition in the NHS currently does appear to bring benefits. It brings benefits both in terms of improving outcomes and that's possibly through improving management capacity um, so that the trouble with mergers is you remove your potential competitors and you remove your rivals. And we think that, at, at the very least, the process of mergers does not improve outcomes and possibly down the line really threatens the, the role that competition can play. So I think to sort of end this, mergers, our findings are very important for the regulator who are now regulating market competition in the NHS monitor has a role to look at market competition as well as now the OFT and possibly the Competition Commission. And that our findings are an important part of the evidence that will go into those kind of concerns and 
issues and does suggest that mergers do not bring the benefits that they're thought to do so. Just about a final question, Carol. We, we, we are concerned in a whole range of uh, public services about poor performance, and presumably there are hospitals that perform poorly yeah. in terms of running high deficits yeah. and not delivering patient outcomes. And presumably some, some of the move behind the merger movement was about that, and you might have a poorly performing hospital quite near to a very successful hospital. It might be an idea to slam them together so that the management of the successful one has a good impact. But what, what do you think about the, the, the way that we should tackle these poorly performing hospitals if mergers are not perhaps the solution? That's right. I think one of the reasons for mergers is to spread better management capacity. What our research suggests is that spread simply dilutes it. So I think you need to think about maybe thinking about developing chains of hospitals where the management is spread across those hospitals but doesn't involve physically putting those hospitals together. We know that putting hospitals together runs straight into culture problems and our research which follows mergers for up to four years post the merger suggests those culture problems are still going on. I think possibly changing just the top management rather than changing the whole of the hospital and trying to bring two hospitals together in that way is possibly the way to go. Carol Robert, thank you very much.